Hello and welcome to Find Your Fire with John V. Denley. Hello, hello, it's John Denley here from Find Your Fire. A little bit late with this podcast um, because last week was um, a little bit unexpectedly thrown out of whack a little bit. Um, I was involved in a charity bike um, journey from Edinburgh to London in aid of Great Ormond Street Hospital. And uh, about this time, actually, no, it was Monday, a little bit later on Monday afternoon last week, um, one of our riders, Richard, came off his bike and had a pretty nasty accident, ended up in hospital. That kind of knocked off the whole week, as you can probably imagine, and uh, uh, became a bit of a surprise to us all. Um, and um, and so we, we decided to cancel the whole whole ride for now and uh, and postpone it for, for another day. Um, I'm in a slightly different place than I normally record these podcasts, and as you can hear, there's a bird in the background who's uh, chatting to me while I'm sitting here, <laughs> probably trying to say, stay away from my babies or something like that, I don't know. Um, anyway, so that cycle ride happened and uh, knocked us all out a little bit. Uh, also last week, quite of interest um, to, to some of you, I suppose, is I, pub, I was uh, co-author of a book um, called uh, My Camino Walk. So as some of you have listened to some of my podcasts in the past, I'm hoping I mentioned this at least. If I haven't, and there you go, this is the first time mentioning it. Uh, in 2016, I walked a 500-mile walk across the Camino de Santiago, uh, across the northwest of, north of Spain, rather. And um, I wrote a story about that called Chance Encounter, which is in this, this new book, uh, My Camino Walk 2. Um, and that was released this week and went to uh, number one as a bestseller in Australia. So technically speaking, I am now an international number one bestselling co-author. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing that happened this week as well. Uh, and that obviously took my, uh, my eye off the ball as far as this podcast is concerned as well. And um, so that's why I'm sitting here on the Bank Holiday Monday in the UK um, recording this having watched two or three videos over the weekend, which I thought were particularly fascinating. Um, and that's why I'm recording this little introduction here. So what I'm gonna do in a minute is I'm gonna stop this recording uh, and then I'm gonna insert a, an audio from one of the YouTube videos I've watched. And obviously I'll put these YouTube videos in the show notes so that you can um, watch them yourself later on. Um, so, that, so I'm gonna put that little audio in here now and then we're gonna come back and talk more about um, how we hallucinate about the world around us, um, what deja vu is, um, and uh, how we've done some, how they, they've done some scientific experiments to, to show that, uh, and also what precognition might be as well, um, because that's quite an interesting topic as well. Um, so anyway, so I'm going to play the audio now, and then I'm going to come back and do the, the, the full podcast in a moment. Here's another example which shows just how quickly the brain can use new predictions to change conscious experience. Have a listen to this. Anybody understand that? Or figure out what that was. Have, a, have another listen. I think Brexit is a really bad idea. Now listen to this. I think Brexit is a really bad idea. Now listen again to the first sound. I'm going to play exactly the same file. I think Brexit is a really bad idea. So I hope for most of you, what previously had sounded just like some noisy whistles, you can now understand. As, as words, as, as a sentence. I mean, what's remarkable here is that the sensory information coming into your brain hasn't changed at all. All that's changed is your brain's best guess of the cause of that information, and that changes what you consciously experience. Now, this puts the brain basis of perception in, in quite a new light. Instead of thinking of perception in terms of sensory signals coming from the outside world into the brain in this kind of bottom-up direction, it depends just as much, if not more, 
on perceptual predictions flowing in the opposite direction. The world we experience comes as much from the inside out as from the outside in. Okay, so welcome back. I hopefully you enjoyed that experience. And um, uh, by the way, I just checked up uh, the guy's name and it was um, uh, Anil Seth, that was his name. Um, uh, for that for that audio track and as I say the the images the, uh, the YouTube um, videos will be in the uh, show notes um, the other thing I'm going to be talking about with the deja vu and premonition um, stuff uh, that was uh, Dr. Cleary Dr. Anna Cleary um, who talked about that again it'll be in the show notes as well um, and there was another video that I was going to talk about which I saw just actually just this morning um, which was actually a um, Kind of more about um, kind of veganism, but it's actually more about um, how we uh, um, how how we have cultural norms that happen over time um, and get into our heads. So I may talk about that a little bit later on as well if I if I think about it. Uh, but that all comes back down to this idea of um, how we hallucinate the world around us, and that actually what we call reality is just an agreement between all of us as to what we're seeing. So I haven't talked about this hugely in our in previous podcasts, but um, when we're all enjoying the world around us, um, we're using our senses to perceive what's going on around us. So as we're looking out through our eyes and we're seeing, in my case, trees all around us and a couple of people who just walked past there uh, can hear cars going. So I'm using my, my hearing as well to, to hear the cars going past and the, the rustle of the wind in the trees. And there was a bird earlier on. I think I may have mentioned that in my uh, prequel thing. Um, I can smell. Um, I can smell the trees and the earth um, while I'm here. There's a bird. <laughs> um, I'm not tasting anything at the moment because just uh, obviously I'm not actually eating anything, but uh, it's one of my other senses, of course. Um, and I can, of course, I can touch the tree around me and I can touch you know, my leg and my shoulder and my clothes and this twig that I'm kind of breaking here. There you go. Um, so these are all our senses. And, and this is all, and actually those senses, as I was just doing that, I could feel the, the, the roughness of that twig and the, the smoothness of the leaf. Um, these are all our senses that we... Um, that we use to measure our outside world, the world outside of our brains. And of course, all those, all those senses come into our head um, as electrical impulses and then eventually get processed by our neurons inside our brains. And so what we're actually perceiving inside our brains is just a set of electrical impulses um, about those inputs and stimulus from outside ourselves. Um, I was talking to uh, my friend Sarah uh, earlier on and I was talking, and she reminded me of a conversation I'd had with another friend of mine when I was uh, out walking in Spain a couple of weeks ago um, about how if we're looking at a flower, and um, I think with, um, with, uh, with Donker I was talking about there was a purple flower sitting in front of us while we were having lunch. Um, and this morning I was talking to uh, Sarah about a dandelion. So we all agree that a dandelion is yellow. Um, and um, in, in the case of when I was sitting there with Donka, uh, we both agreed that the, the flower in front of us was purple. Um, but what I don't know is whether or not what Sarah sees when she looks at a dandelion is exactly the same as what I'm seeing when I'm looking at a dandelion. But what we both agree on is that that's what we have agreed between us is the colour yellow. Um, now this can get obviously a little bit uh, confusing sometimes when we look at certain colors which are a little bit in between so you sort of the the um uh, sort of yellow uh, and there was an example actually a few months ago somebody posted up a uh, a child's um cycling helmet and they asked is this green or is this yellow and it was kind of a fluorescent yellowy color to me um but there were quite a few people saying it was fluorescent green and you could see why they would because it was kind of on that 
cusp of between yellow and green, you couldn't quite tell. Um, and I wrote some uh, information about that because basically what's happening there is that um, people who have seen yellows that are close to that color in the past and have had other people saying, here's a yellow thing that's close to that color, um, they will perceive that as being yellow. Uh, and if, anybody, if somebody else has seen lots of green colors that are close to that color and have had people around them telling them that that's green, uh, then they'll perceive that color as being green. Um, and so it's because it's, it's basically just a, um, an agreement that we have between each other as to what's green and what's yellow. You remember, might remember a few years ago, there was this um, controversy about a, a dress, um, which was either, I think it was blue and black or gold and silver or something. I can't remember what the actual ones were, but there was big arguments about whether it was one color or the other. Uh, and we talked about um, whether you look at it in different lights and different images and all this kind of stuff. Um, but actually, in, 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 in reality, we're all seeing it through our own eyes and we're all seeing a different vision of whatever it is we're, we're looking at in front of us. Um, and so it's just a matter of agreeing as to what we're going to call that thing that's in front of us. Um, and of course, that's where lots of these arguments come from. Um, one of the other videos I was seeing this morning, actually, it was, it was um, uh, another one from... Um, uh, oh God, I've forgotten his name again. <laughs> Anil, Anil Seth. Uh, it was a long, slightly longer one he'd done at the Royal Institution Lectures, um, and it was about an hour long. And he was talking about if I hold up this coffee cup, I perceptually I understand what's on the back of this coffee cup, and when I turn it round, I'll, I'll see what's on the other side of it. Of course, you're never quite sure what's on the other side unless you've already looked, but you might have an idea. So, and I was thinking to myself, actually, from my perspective, when I do my workshops and things, I use a Rubik's cube and illustrate this similar sort of point. Uh, if I hold up a Rubik's cube now, anybody who knows a Rubik's cube. Um, instinctively will know that the green side is opposite the blue side and the uh, orange side is opposite the red side and the white side is opposite the yellow side. But of course, if you don't know a Rubik's Cube, you, you don't really know that. So if I held it up and I showed you the red side and I said, what color is on the back of this Rubik's Cube? If you've never seen a Rubik's Cube before, you'd have no idea whatsoever. And if you'd never played around with it or knew that, you probably wouldn't know either. And if you'd only ever seen up a mixed up one, you wouldn't know either. Um, but if you're somebody who can solve a Rubik's Cube, you would know that the orange side is always opposite the red side and the blue is opposite the green and the white is opposite the yellow. That's always the case. Uh, and actually, you can take it one step further because if you've got the red side on top and you've got the blue side towards you, you'll also know that the white is on your right and the yellow is on your left. Again, that's really only a level of knowledge that somebody who's solved a Rubik's Cube would understand. Um, but the point is that if I'm holding up a Rubik's Cube and I'm looking at the red side, I just instinctively know that there's an orange centerpiece opposite that and if I turn around I see an orange centerpiece that's absolutely fine. Now every so often you can buy a cheap Rubik's Cube and you can find that they've actually done the colours wrong and uh, and if you've <laughs> picked up a Rubik's Cube and it's all messed up and uh, you hadn't spotted that they've done the colours wrong and you start trying to solve it and you'd really struggle you go I don't understand this doesn't make any sense because you know um, it's supposed to be the green and white piece is supposed to be here but we haven't got a green and white piece we've only got a green and yellow piece or whatever it's on the wrong side or whatever it is. Um, and so, so perception can be really kind of thrown out of whack when you, when you see that type of thing. Um, and uh, so when Anil, Anil was talking about um, uh, how, we, how we agree of the world around us, so that's, that's what he's talking about when he's talking about we hallucinate. So essentially we've got hallucinations in our head, which is the world around us. And we all have this, this kind of image as to what we think the world is. And then when we talk to somebody else from a different cultural background or a, um, a different belief system, um, we may have a conflict of, of, of understanding about the world around us because of because of those those beliefs that we've been brought up with, um, and that's where that veganism thing came in this morning because um, the guy was talking about um, uh, how culturally 
uh, you know, we'll eat, happily eat pigs and bacon and all that kind of stuff in, in, the, in, uh, well, in the UK and the US. Actually, he was in the US talking about this. Um, but when you look at a, a dog, you think, well, no, no, we don't eat dogs. Um, but of course, there are cultures in the world where, where dog is a perfectly acceptable um, thing to eat. Um, and of course, if, you go, if you've ever been to India, you'll find that cows are a sacred animal. So they don't eat cows in, in uh, India and they allow them to roam around the streets and so forth. So um, that's a very different cultural thing going on there as well. Um, and he was just saying that all that, all that happens there is that um, the culture has grown up to uh, expect that. So it just becomes a social norm. Now, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he did a very good uh, example of, um, of how these things that become normal um, over time. And actually, if you watch his video, it's, it's absolutely fantastic because he starts off by saying um, there's two circles on the screen. Uh, one's a blue circle and one's a red circle. Which one is bigger? Um, and, and I won't ruin it for you because if you watch it, you'll, you'll find it's, it's a really, really enjoyable little moment there, um, which really makes you question your own beliefs and, and how you can actually be very easily manipulated and programmed. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so again, that'll be in the show notes, of course. Uh, let me just find out how long I've been going because yeah. you know how I'm, I am with these. If you've ever listened to one of my podcasts in the past, you'll, <laughs> you'll see I try and keep them around sort of 20, 20 minutes or so. Um, so I've been going nine minutes now. Um, so that, that was his kind of perception there. And he was saying also when you get into psychosis, and uh, actually he mentioned in his second video uh, that one in six of us have got some kind of psycho psych psychological problem of some kind at any one time, which is quite interesting. I heard one in four, but I guess that's one in four of us have got anxiety and depression. Um, but one in six of us has got some kind of um, psychological problem of some kind. I'm not sure what the statistics are. Anyway, but anyway, the, the point is that there's quite a lot of us who have got some kind of psychological uh, issue going on. Um, and that's really because we've, we've, we're just getting to the point now where we're understanding how our brains work. And with all the neuroscience and, uh, that's going on at the moment, understanding the internal workings of our brains, we're really starting to understand how this stuff works and, and how we've all been programmed uh, over, over years of evolution and over cultural in cultural ways over, over, over a great period of time. Um, so, yeah, so what he was talking about was uh, that when you actually have psychosis or when you're, you have a psycho, psychotic, psychotic drug, it's not quite right phrasing, um, psycho, oh, there's a word for it, I can't remember what it is, <laughs> psychotropic drug, there you go. Um, you can actually start seeing things and you can start seeing colors and stuff that you don't normally see and that's just because your brain's brain pathways are being interfered with and so you'll see and perceive the world in a very different way uh, when you're on these psychotropic drugs um, than, than you normally would uh, and of course they've started to measure this now with uh, um, mri scanners mfri scanners i think it's called actually um, and they started looking into these things and, and how it actually affects your brain and stuff so it was really really cool um, a video about about how we how we perceive the world around us and how like i said um, we're all hallucinating but that then brought us on to because I, I obviously then you see on youtube you see these linked videos uh, and there was a late this lady um who was sue um oh, again I forget her name of course i do anna cleary that's of course what it is uh, anna cleary dr anna cleary uh, it was a ted talk in liverpool but again uh, video will be in the, in the show notes um and uh, she was talking about um, deja vu and precognition because they've done some experiments now to 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 show how how we actually get deja vu and um, again I'm, I'm kind of preempting the the talk that she does a little bit here but what she basically shows is that um, deja vu comes because we have a memory that we've kind of forgotten about a, a very similar situation from our past 
And then when we find ourselves in a very similar looking um, environment to that memory from the past, it brings that memory forward and makes us feel like we've been in this place before, even if we haven't actually been in that place before. Um, and you'll see in the in the YouTube video when you watch it that um, they have they've done this with virtual reality now. So they'll create a, a kind of memory of a of a room uh, in a specific way with certain lights and uh, and windows layouts and and tables and chairs and so forth. And then they'll create a completely different room which got a very similar sort of looking layout. Um, and then ask people whether or not they felt like they'd been to this place before. And of course they kind of did. Um, and of course, you know, in the experiments, they'll uh, do these things where they, they kind of make you think like the, the purpose of the experiment is one thing. Um, and then when they're asking you later on, they'll, they'll reverse it. I think I talked in a previous um, podcast about um, the use of word things like crash and smash. And um, when, we're, when we're perceiving um, uh, an accident, for example, if somebody asks you uh, how fast do these two cars hit each other and how fast do these two cars smash into each other, People tend to estimate that if you said smashed, then they think the cars were going faster. And also if you said smashed, they think there was glass there. And if you said hit, then they didn't think there was glass there. I think that was an earlier an earlier podcast. Um, but if it's not, come over to our podcast um, Facebook group and, and, and ask me the question over there and make sure that I, I, I cover that in a future podcast. Um, that'll be uh, findyourfire.co.uk forward slash Facebook group or podcast group or just group. Um, all three of them work. They all take you to the same place. Um, uh, yes, so so she was talking about uh, deja vu being that that sort of feeling like you've been somewhere before, but actually what it is is that it's a memory from your past. Now I've, I've definitely talked about this in the previous podcast, but I, I had a dream recently, and I woke up from it. And I remember thinking that that dream was very very realistic, and I thought it's very interesting because if I now tell that story of that dream to several people, my brain actually might start to think that it really happened. Um, and that can be a very interesting scenario in that I've now got a potentially created a memory from a dream of a scenario that never actually really happened to me, but I've now got a memory of it like it really did happen to me, um, which is really interesting. Um, and something that I think we should all be very wary of and, and scared of. There's actually a very quite funny um, Facebook, uh, not Facebook, an image I think it is, where uh, a lady wakes up from a dream and then hits her husband. Uh, and he goes, what was that for? And he said, you had an affair in, in, the, in, in my dream just now. And it's like, oh, that's unfair, isn't it? <laughs> because Just because he had an affair in her dream doesn't necessarily mean that he deserves to be, uh, to be chastised for, for a, a completely um, made-up uh, event. So anyway, so that was deja vu that she was talking about, um, Anna Cleary, Dr. Anna Cleary, there you go, um, in, in her, in her uh, video. But then she moved it one step further and said, well, what about precognition, where you, you feel like you're about to predict something that's going to happen and then later on you come back and recognize that well it's slightly different you have a, a feeling that you're going to predict what's something that's going to happen and then it happens and you go yeah yes that's right i did actually predict that um and and they've done a series of experiments to try and yeah, just try and show what's actually happening there uh, and they believe what's going on there and i tend to agree with this is that you think you're going to predict what's going to happen and and then something happens and then you either the thing did happen the way you predict it, or it didn't, and you kind of ignore it. Um, now I know this is, going to, this is one of those sort of areas where people go, no, no, that's nonsense, that's rubbish, um, because of course our brains are funny things and our memories are funny things, and and we tend to not quite believe when somebody tells us something that is contrary to what we believe to be the case. Um, uh, and actually, that, that veganism uh, YouTube. Uh, video I posted on Facebook and we've ended up having a bit of a conversation this morning about the same sort of thing. Um, uh, anyway, 
I'm getting off on track a little bit there. But the, so our brain, we, is an interesting point actually, because I talk about there's no such thing as, um, as now, because that moment actually, if you, I think, I think it's Eckhart Tolle in his book, or Eckhart Tolle in his book, The Power of Now, he talks about this, is the, the, the power of now is, is that there actually is no such thing as, as, as now, because the moment I say the word now, it's already in the past. So there's like a fraction of a second where there's actually a time which is officially the time now. Um, but by the time you kind of process the fact that this time has occurred, you've already moved on and it's now a memory of what happened like a microsecond before. Um, again, they've done experiments about this and about time perceptions as well. When they, they, they uh, had people uh, jump off buildings and then asked them how long they'd been falling for uh, and their whole time possession. So this is the, the sort of concepts you have when you drop a piece of toast and you feel like time has slowed down while you try and catch it or something fragile that's falling towards the floor and you, you, you know, kind of try and stop it with your foot or something. Um, and you feel like time has slowed down. But actually what's happening there is your brain is just going into a hyperactive mode and it's suddenly paying attention to all the stimulus around us. Um, and you're just paying attention to all the things that are going on. You're trying to take in as much of the information as you possibly can for that fraction of a second while you're trying to catch that, that, uh, that vase or that glass as you're, trying to drop, as you're, as you're about to drop it. Um, and then what happens, of course, is you're, you're, you're then having a memory of that moment that just happened. And in that memory of that moment that just happened, you, have, uh, you feel like a lot more time has passed because you've got a wave of information that's come into your senses that you've recorded um, that you wouldn't normally probably bother to record in your everyday to day lives as you were just making a cup of tea. If you're just making a cup of tea and you made a cup of tea 100,000 times before, maybe not 100,000 times, but 1,000 times before, um, and um, your brain would tend to go, okay, well, this is the same as we, the time we made the cup of tea yesterday, so we don't really need to remember that. We just remember the sort of the highlights of this thing, something, some smash that happened in the background. We remember that bit, but we won't bother remembering the actual tea bag in the teapot and all that kind of stuff because it's kind of boring and uh, it's the same as you know, the memory I had from yesterday, so I won't bother with it. But if you, of course, then drop the, the cup, you suddenly go to this hyper-aware uh, state and you go and try and catch the cup. And suddenly you're into uh, a different kind of memory that's going on there because you've now got a lot of information about that particular moment uh, and you're paying attention to that little bit of that in a moment. And of course, that comes back to whether or not you actually remember or don't remember the things that you predicted. And of course, this comes into conspiracy theories. We're now into conspiracy theory areas as well. Um, because these are all connected. It's just about how our brain perceives the world around us. So um, conspiracy theories, of course, again, come from um, confirmation bias. Um, again, great video. I'll put that in the, in the show notes as well. If I ever forget any of these things I'm talking about the podcast, because they're just coming into my head as I'm talking about them, please do come to our Facebook group and tell me and say, hey, what was that video you talked about in the, in the, uh, in the podcast? Because you didn't put a, a link in the, in the show notes. And this is about confirmation bias. Uh, really, really great guy. Um, again, can't remember his name, but his channel is, his YouTube channel is Verit- Veritasium. Um, uh, <laughs> actually, he did quite an interesting um, uh, video about where the name Veritasium came from. Uh, and of course, it's Verity, I think it's Verity, which is uh, truth or Veritas. Veritas is the truth. That's right. Uh, Latin for the truth. And then he just made it into an element because he's a physicist. And so he made it Ver- Veritasium um, to make it sound what science, science-y. Um, it's a very, very good channel because he does lots of uh, explaining how things in physics and psychology work. And uh, it's absolutely brilliant. So he does a great video about um, confirmation bias, um, which just goes to show us um, how we will look for things to confirm our thoughts about the world around us, um, um, but not necessarily believe negative things that disprove our thoughts about the world around us. 
Um, so again, that argument we had before earlier today with a, with a guy about talking about veganism and how we're sort of programmed uh, culturally to think that it's okay to eat pigs, but not okay to eat dogs, for example. Um, and uh, again, there was a, there's an element of, yeah, but we've always done it, so it's always right. And you're like, well, is it? I'm not sure that's necessarily true. Um, uh, and people find evidence. So conspiracy theories is a classic example in that one. Um, when when they, when, they, when they come up with it and say, well, you know, this this, and it's actually and the other part of this, of course, is that um, uh, correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation. So just because something follows something else doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's because of the thing that happened before it. Um, we do this all the time. Of course, we say. Um, if, well, actually, I had this in my, this is my, my personal experience. Um, when I struggled with uh, talking to girls back in sort of 2006, 2007 time, um, which is what led to me to my, have my anxiety, which then led to depression and, and so forth, um, uh, it was all tied up. And uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking it all now quite nicely. Um, but I used to think to myself, if I go and talk to that girl, she's going to reject me. Um, and, and of course, I got to the point where uh, I was correctly predicting that situation because I was going up to a girl and I'm talking to her and I was nervous and uh, unsure of myself and I kind of half expected her to predict to uh, to reject me and of course she then did and then I get ha ah, see she did did reject me um, and then I just proved it to myself but if I happened to go and talk to a to a girl I wasn't attracted to for example in a coffee shop for example and just went to chat to her and chat 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 and had a nice little car, laugh and joke and everything and then walked away from it I probably didn't think to myself oh actually that was interesting because that interaction went really well. Um, and she didn't reject me, um, and so I kind of so then I get got myself into this this belief that whenever I talk to a girl, they reject me. But no, that wasn't the case. What what it was was that whenever I talked to a girl who I was attracted to and who I was effectively predicting that we, they would reject me, then they would reject me. That and so that was that was the actual causation. It wasn't the correlation of talking to a girl. And of course, we have these things all the time. Um, anyway, so to wrap all of this stuff up. Um, which comes back to all the stuff that we've been talking about in all the other podcasts, um, which is the way our brains work um, is, is fascinating. Um, and we're really starting to understand how it all, all hangs together now. But of course, we're now having to um, try and teach and educate the world around us uh, about how our brains work and how we process these inputs from our world around us. Um, and of course, as this podcast um, is all about, is, is that we are all hallucinating this, the world around us. And... Uh, actually, another YouTube channel video, fantastic, isn't it? And all this, all this great information that I've that I've watched and found and collated up uh, for you guys to listen to on this podcast. Um, and you can go on this. is like further reading, I suppose. Uh, there's a there's an Indian guy called I think it's Sagahuru. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name. Sagar, Sag, anyway, um, it'll be in the show notes. Um, and he does this really great thing, saying that uh, everything that happens to us happens inside our heads. It, nothing, nothing happens outside of us. And he's like, well, okay, that's taking it to a little bit of an extreme because there are things outside of us, of, of course. But he's quite right in that in the, the the actual processing of what we're seeing through our senses actually does happen inside our inside our heads. And so that's really an interesting um, and concept. And again, another really good video for you to watch as uh, as extra extra reading, as it were, or extra viewing uh, outside this podcast. Um, so, and I think I probably just want to finish on that on that note, really, which is almost to a certain extent to help you understand why other people perceive the world differently to you. So you remember when we were talking earlier on about the, the Rubik's Cube and how um, if I picked up a Rubik's Cube where the colours were the wrong way around, I could get quite upset about it because they're not in the right order. Um, and also uh, in my workshops, I'll hold up the Rubik's Cube and I'll say to people, what colour is this Rubik's Cube? 
And obviously, if you didn't know they're all different colours and you saw one side and you say it's blue, you say it's blue, and then the person on the other side might say it's green and you might have an argument about it. Um, but actually, you're both kind of right or you're both wrong depending on how you look at it. Um, and there's another example of this when you find that um, uh, if you're looking at a, s a six or a nine, depending on how you draw it, if you look at it from one side, and this is why when you, when you find numbers on playing cards, for example, they have a little line underneath them to show them what the bottom of the number is. Um, so you can tell whether it's a six or a nine. Um, because obviously if you turn a six upside down, it looks just like a nine. Um, and of course there's arguments there and say, well, it depends on what the artist um, originally intended. And actually, <laughs> which brings it beautifully around in circles, you see how these things are all so connected. Uh, if you watch the longer one from, um, from, from the guy I was talking about earlier, whose name I've forgotten again, <laughs> um, uh, Anil Seth uh, from the Royal Institute, he talks about impressionist art and how uh, the artist is painting something. And, and obviously modern art is a classic example of this as well. Where they, 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 they create something and then it's up to the viewer to then decide what it is that the painting is about or, or what it conveys to them and how it makes them feel. And obviously the painter had a particular feeling when they were writing it, um, but the viewer might have a different one and might have a different perception as to what that painting means to them particularly. Um, I remember watching again, a, uh, I can't remember what, there's a TV show um, and there was a guy in that TV show, I think it was Limitless, I could be wrong, um, and he had this painting on, the, on his wall of just like, uh, it was just like kind of white and there was nothing in the picture and everybody, nobody could understand why he had this picture on his wall. Um, and uh, later on in the show, you find out that he was in prison or when he was told off by his parents or something, I'm not quite sure, he was in his room. He used to stare at the wall and he used to find all these patterns in the, the wall patterns. Um, again, I may be mis misunderstanding the story slightly here, misremembering it. Um, and then he, what he said is that this painting reminded him of that time, the, the time when he was alone and he could uh, was amongst his own thoughts and, and it, it felt like an escape to him. So it, when, he was, when his parents were arguing downstairs, he used to escape into this, uh, this, this pattern on the wall, patterns on the walls. And so this painting now reminds him of the, that escape time he used to have as a child. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, it all wraps up together. Uh, and we've got 26 minutes now and I'm uh, running behind schedule for my day. I need to get on with that. Um, but hopefully you've really enjoyed this podcast. It's, it brought together several elements of, of, of previous podcasts and, and, and it's really showed kind of my passion, I guess, for this kind of stuff and how I can help so many people to understand how their brains work and, and how they can, once they understand, once you understand how your brain works, it makes it much easier for you to overcome some of the limiting beliefs that you've got or some of the things that are holding you back so that you can then go on to live a happier, more fulfilled life. And obviously, particularly when I'm helping people with anxiety and depression, if you can understand why you've got that anxiety and why you've got the depression and why it's come back in your head, it's much easier to then avoid it as you move forward. Um, I've got an, there's one of the earlier podcasts I definitely talk about um, what anxiety and depression is. Um, so go back and listen to that uh, if, you, if you like. Um, that's my podcast for this week. Uh, again, if you've got any topics you want me to talk about or you want anything you want to expand on or any problems you've got that you want, to, want me to talk about, um, please come into the Facebook group and uh, engage with us there. Um, it's uh, findyourfire.co.uk forward slash Facebook group or podcast group or just group or FB group. I'll try to collect it so it's as easy for you to remember as possible. Um, so findyourfire.co.uk forward slash Facebook group uh, and come and join us over there. Hi there, I just wanted to add one more thing to that last section because I realised that I hadn't actually finished off the bit about precognition. And what I was trying to say was that after we've had a bit of precognition, we can then selectively remember whether or not we correctly predicted or incorrectly predicted 
the thing that happened. And that's what I went on to say with um, how our memories are, are very fallible. And actually, one of my previous podcasts is all about um, how fallible our memories really are. Um, but the point there is that um, we will all do things like saying, oh, this something, this certain thing always happens. And what's actually happening there is that we are remembering all the time that it did happen and forgetting all the times that it didn't happen. And often when you quiz somebody really carefully about that, you say, were you sure? Are you sure there isn't at least one time when it did happen the opposite way? And they go, oh, well, maybe there was one. So, well, was there any other times? And then suddenly you find that there's actually more times that it didn't happen than they thought. Um, but your memory can be quite easily just be deceived, um, particularly when you repeat certain stories or repeat, repeat certain beliefs. Uh, you become, you remember those beliefs more strongly. Um, and that's kind of the whole point of this thing. And if we were when we were talking about the um, vegan question earlier on about cultural beliefs and so forth, that's that's also where that comes from as well. If you repeat the same thing over and over again, you eventually believe it's true. Um, in fact, there's a there's a there's a theory. Well, it's not even a theory um, that if you tell a lie enough times, then it becomes reality in your head. Um, so I think I talked about that in the previous episode as well. Anyway, so I just wanted to add that to the last episode. Uh, and now you'll get the outro, and then we'll have a, a song after the outro again, as usual. Thanks very much for, now, for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. I am, of course, John V. Denley, your mental fitness mentor, helping you find your fire by avoiding the negatives and staying focused on the positives. You can find me as John V. Denley on any social media platform, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, by searching for John V. Denley. That's J-O-H-N-V-D-E-N-L-E-Y. Until next time, remember to focus on the positives and keep smiling. Hi there. As is now traditional, I am adding a song to the end of my podcast for Anchor listeners. If you're not listening on Anchor, then you'll have to find the song on Spotify or YouTube. Uh, I'll try and add a link into the show notes. Um, but today's song for Anchor listeners is For Now uh, from the musical Avenue Q, which actually is a really great musical as far as uh, uh, having those prejudices and those limiting beliefs and so forth going on. It's all great about all that kind of stuff uh, in the musical, so uh, well worth watching the whole musical if you can. Um, but definitely the songs are, are from there is really good as well. So this song is uh, For Now. It's all about how everything in life is just for now. So don't worry about it too much because you can move on and have a different experience later on. So that's what's coming up for now from Avenue Q, the musical. Bye for now. Enjoy.